0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io. Hello
1: everyone and welcome to another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I am here today with Heather Spalding from Cambrian Technologies. Hello, Heather.
0: Good morning, Melissa, how are you? I am doing
1: well. So for anyone listening, you may be wondering why there is someone different coming to you talking on the Startup Hustle podcast, but that is because Pipeline Entrepreneurs has taken over the Startup Hustle podcast for a week. And we are here as the sponsor of Startup Hustle podcast to talk about the amazing organization that is both Pipeline Entrepreneurs and also um, everything that Heather's doing with Cambrian. And the reason why we picked you, Heather, is not only are you an amazing entrepreneur, but you're also part of the Pipeline family. So excited to have you chatting with us today. So tell us about yourself. Tell us about what you're doing, how you got to be in um, what we will lovingly refer to as computer vision. uh, And you can tell us all about that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, we started Cambrian many years ago now, but I didn't really doing it seriously until 2016. Before that, I was working, uh, doing neuroscience research, and that's really my background. I, you know, got my degree. I was originally interested in paleontology. Um, I got really interested in neuroscience uh, during college, and so I started taking all the classes I could. I started working in a lab. Um, I got hired by the NIH doing neuropharmacology, uh, but I, I was still sort of trying to find my path. And so I started seriously considering, um, uh, biomechanical engineering. And I mean, this is things like cochlear implants, prosthetics. There's, there's so many cool, it's just a really cool field because there's so much where, uh, engineering could meet biology. And this was about the time, you know, I was looking into engineering degrees. And stuff at this time and that's when i met joel mm-hmm. tupley i ended up marrying but we um we hit it off and he has an electrical engineering background and he was also looking into biomechanical engineering and so we start talking about ideas and what we wanted to create and a friend of ours said you guys need to check out computer vision it was this new emerging technology in like 2010 or so when we when we were talking about this And, um, you know, we looked into it and it's so cool because it's essentially training a computer to see and recognize things the way a human can see and recognize things. So, for example, a white wall meeting a white wall meeting a white ceiling for a human and even a kid, they could say, yeah, these are three separate surfaces. They're going in these angles. But for a computer, especially at the time, that was a really tough problem. You know, how would it know? That these are separate surfaces. Mm -hmm. If you're close up, how would you know that they're going in these different directions? How do you determine that? And so when we first started out in computer vision, um, it was really like, well, how does the brain see? How does the brain know that this surface is different than the surface? What are some of the tricks that the brain uses? And Mm -hmm. how do we convert that into an algorithm? So we can tell a computer to see that way. And so early on, that's what a lot of our um, early technology was built around was sort of the principles of vision in a human. Um, and then you know, converting it to a computer. We had an early hand tracking app where you put your hand in front of your phone screen and would do like a like a basketball shooting action. And it was like a pop-a-shot game. So you could shoot a basketball and try to make a shot. Uh, you know, gave you 30 seconds to shoot as many hoops as you can. Well, that year, Kinect came out. And when we saw Kinect, we were like, okay, Nintendo's working on this, so we'll let Nintendo handle that. But we were interested in other forms of computer, all forms of computer vision. So we talked about painting nails, um, putting makeup on a face. Uh, what we ended up doing, because uh, honestly it just seemed really interesting to us, was putting a paint paint on a wall surface. We said, wouldn't it be cool if you could change the color oh in your gosh. room and this was i think yeah. iphone Nobody 4 for us was out at the time <laughs> i think we're advanced you know i'm um, not That's super advanced right, right apps were sort of new the iphone was sort of, not everybody had them like they do now but we firmly believed that everybody was going to move into this direction of smartphones we said you know a few years from now this is going to be what everybody uses as their computer um, and so we were mobile first, we've always been mobile first. So we built this app called wall painter, just the most basic thing, but, it, you know, you could change the RGB values and stuff and we released it. And I always like to tell this story because we, we made our first app, we, we made the icon and followed all the rules and put it out there and published it. Yes. And the first night we got 12 downloads. And we were like high-fiving and celebrating 12 people. Oh my gosh, 12 people found our Whoa. app. We just released it. Wow. And then the next morning it was up to 12,000. Um, and so it, it just, I think a lot of people were searching for the solution. Um, you know, they it's it's tough visually to picture what a color looks like in your space, especially, you know, if I have red yes. walls and I want to paint this room like a light gray, the whole lighting of the rooms going to change. It's it's very hard for people to picture, um, and so I think it struck a chord with people. And so from there, we started releasing better and better versions, Which live is a versions of this By we the way, the let's just pause on AR, that. You were you know, the first live. Um, I mean,
1: like that's, people that. People started reaching out. That's a really big accomplishment. That's not a small
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always been kind of one of the building blocks of what, who our company is and what we believe in Mm -hmm. is we want to push humans and technology forward, you know? So we, for the betterment of people, we want to push the envelope on technology. We want to build the hard stuff, you know, and have it be the norm, you know, that's the new norm. And then we go from there and, uh, yeah, it got the attention of a lot of paint companies and companies around the world. We we did a small project for Lowe's. Um, we, we licensed to Crown Paints in the UK. Um, and then Home Depot reached out to us. And that was the first major license that we had, a major, major project, um, was the Project Color app. And so, I mean, we were still working full time at other jobs at the time. Um, Joel was with another startup. We had young kids. Um, and so we're really juggling this crazy amount of work and, and having a startup and building a company while having yeah. full-time jobs. Yeah. And we were taking lunch breaks, uh, from our, our work jobs and getting on Cambrian sales calls, you know, um, and so, yeah, it was a, it was a, a nutty time. And yeah. I think our biggest question uh, that we asked to probably everybody in the startup world is when do you make the leap? Is
1: that the answers from, that you got? I always feel you know, like that's when, like, how when do you, you know your you're ready know. to jump? And it's everyone's like, just said, you'll know,
0: you'll know. Um, and sure enough, that's always the answer. <laughs> I know. Well, they can't tell you when you'll know, but I guess, uh, I guess it depends on how bold you are. <laughs> but for me, uh, what made sense is my my contract with KU Med was, was exp- the, the project I was working on. I wrapped up um, at KU Med and I had talked to my boss about um, you know leaving and, and stuff and, and the timing just sort of worked. So early in 2016, I, I was the first one to take the leap into doing Cambrian full-time. And uh, we, we hired a few people. I was, I think very naive and trusting about, uh, hiring practices then. And I trusted people, uh, really easily at their word. Um, so I, I learned a lot from that, but we, I mean, we really started doing this full time and, uh, later that year, Joel, Joel jumped into Cambrian full time and, and we have been since, um, so we've been growing from there and we've, we've licensed this to dozens of companies all around the world. That,
1: that's not an easy um, transition we went from either. Like
0: paint only to flooring um and the great experience no and that was that was very crazy so we had this really large flooring company shaw floors um, who's owned by berkshire hathaway say we love what you do for paint can you do it for floor and um that kind of the end of 2016 over the holidays they said you know we have in the beginning of january we have this big trade show could you know we'll invite you there show us what you have whatever you have and so i put two of my developers they had about 2 weeks to make a working demo for floor and managed these brilliant people managed to pull it off and get a version of a visualizer tool working with flooring products um, and that was enough to get us the contract with them. Yeah. And then from there, they were really interested because that industry is very much on, you know, desktop computers and online, and they're not all wanting to download, especially, um, with all the assets you have for flooring, it's not just a RGB value, it's actual images, um, that can get really heavy. And so we said, this is that a different, like a very different transition because, from a development
1: um, perspective. And the solution like, was like, to have, have developers that are working on
0: apps on a browser. So it's not an app you download, but it's probably someone and who's like, by making match 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 process process development. development. Right. Yep. Yeah. The,
1: the camera itself, right? Yeah. Well, You
0: have so much control, um, with apps. And you can get all the user permissions and um, you have a lot of information coming from the camera and phone itself. You have an accelerometer, you have all this information. Um, and and when you're doing a live video, it's essentially a series of photos. So you can build this whole 3D space um, versus a still photo where a human, again, going yes. back, a human could see a still photo and say, well, that's the floor, and this is behind this thing, and this is probably vertical, and this is coming towards you. That it, Again, that's hard for a computer to How do you tell a computer that? Um, and so we yeah. put a lot of time and thought, this was about the time that we won um, Launch KC. So we run, I won the grand prize of Launch KC, which is incredibly cool. It was wonderful for a company because it was kind of the first time a lot of people had heard of us. Um, and that money allowed us to build the web tool, which is what we're using now. And the web tool allowed us to kind of rethink our licenses because previously to build an app for a person, um, right. they had to be a larger company because we couldn't just white light, white label apps. Um, you can't actually do that. You can't spam uh, the app store, you can lose your developer license. You need a hundred of the same app. So, you know, we thought about, do we own, do, do we own yeah. the app and they have different logins and stuff and how big is this app going to be? Well, by moving to web, it, it made it a really simple model for licensing. You just drop it on your own website because all these foreign companies and paint companies have at least a basic website. Um, and so that opened a lot of doors for us to grow, um, and scale. And so that kind of leads us to where we are now. We're trying to build a fully automated portal. We we have it up, actually. Um, ever to um, sale, we're kind of going over UI and, and finishing without touches, ever but we've built this portal America, so people can come and, come and check it out, sign themselves up, buy the license online, you know, directly, and get it up and running on their site. What'd you say? Yeah, yeah. Well, so we're trying yeah, to make it as easy as possible for them to get up and running. And- and with a you visualizer know, tool, one you know, of the things I wanted to ask possibly. you about was so, so when you initially started um, very cool and you went to see from like 12,000, like
1: 12, I'm assuming those were all someone like myself. Who's like, Hey, I'm going to paint this room. Like an, it, it basically a, a B2C model. Did you know you wanted to go B2B or did you, or was that kind yeah. of just part of the evolution?
0: Yeah. It was. It was all part of the evolution. We um, I as much as we liked B2C, I mean it was very cool because you we we were like the number one utility app in a number of countries yep. and number one paid utility. And it it's really cool because those are essentially who we built this for, that end user. We want them to have that experience of like, that's the color I want. You know, I, I don't have to get all these swatches. I figured it out. I know what it's going to look like. You know, that's the user, um, and that's the experience we want. Uh, we were really, and we continue on a daily basis to be approached by companies saying, we need the solution. Yeah. And that's a way for us to reach all those people with a solution. Um, they have the products ready to go. And unlike paint, I mean, the, there's interesting oh. differences when you move to different products. So paint is, you know, an RGB value. It's, it's flooring it nobody owns that and so we could just put whatever color yeah well, for flooring somebody owns those photos you know that's their product and so we can't just pull in somebody's floors and start selling them you know because that's not our stuff to sell. and so with flooring it has to be a different model um so for flooring what we're finding is the companies know that their customers want the solution they're reaching out to us saying how what's the work like how do i get this started what you know with all these questions and we've tried to automate this as much as possible and where we were hitting our bottleneck was some of the data entry um right kind of just right. It, it we got it down you want about to make weeks 10, weeks to up and but, without you, you know to i kept telling my developers <laughs> how can we make this faster how can we scale this so people are just signing up while we're sleeping, you know. Um, and that's and, and exactly that's what we want to happen. You know, that's exactly it. So uh, you know, we that's what we've been working towards and the, the whole back end set up that way. And so now we're just kind of trying to make a portal where, you know, they have they can see what their collections look like. They can, you know, it walks them through how to put it together. They can change it at any time, you know, they can see what it's going to look like and then they can publish it to their site. And so really it's like from, from end to end, the visualizer tool is going to be really automatic. And then there's of course, add ons, you know, um, uh, analytics and stuff that they can add on. Um, but by moving to this model, I think it frees us up to just keep innovating and making the product better and better. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the cool thing of course, is because. Because of what we had to do, really we had to figure out how to build now. a full 3d model a 3d environment from a single photo. So we can put this into, uh, photos of real estate where people want to change colors, uh, add furniture, change flooring, you know, while shopping for a house, there's a lot of applications. Yeah. And, and, and any 3d model we can place in a space of so furniture and curtains, anything. So, um, it's. It was just a matter of, and a lot of this is due to um, uh, Jill Meyer at Scale Up and and uh, learning some of these scaling practices for okay identifying your bottlenecks and figuring out how to solve them and and then of course Pipeline um, helping s- so much. I mean, I was with Pipeline through this transition of how do we get this out to as many people as possible and who's our who's our customer and you know how do we sell this and. And well, really just right all these questions we transition that you think you've nailed down. That, and then gave with, me a the, great digger, segue the, the more you dig deep into it, you're like, you know, of there's be- I could be doing better. And we are so a, a
1: fellowship cool. program for high growth um, entrepreneurs. I think we're in a really and great place. And we are currently now, really recruiting place. for our 2022 fellowship class. And you can learn more and apply online at pipelineentrepreneurs.com. So one of the things that you mentioned that I think is Super valuable to talk about right now, both from a pipeline perspective and also because you mentioned it. So, you know, we're starting new programming next year for entrepreneurs who are working full-time, who are pre-pipeline. And so female, minority, and rural entrepreneurs, which, you know, we're recruiting for that now. And they specifically are people who are working full-time on their company and also have a full-time job. Because not everyone has the luxury or an even playing yeah. field to say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to take that leap of faith. And I would argue that some of the the, the most no. resilient and toughest entrepreneurs are the ones who have to make that juggle between, like you said, I have kids, I have a family, I'm working a job full time, mm-hmm. and I'm also doing this and taking calls at lunch. I mean, you can mm-hmm. multitask and juggle a lot mm-hmm. of stuff if you can pull that off. And so that is why we are starting this new programming, because we know that there are entrepreneurs, just like you and Joel were back then, that need the help of pipeline, but maybe aren't at a place where they're running their company full time, which is what it takes to get pipeline proper. So tell us about that. I've lived that life. I know that you have. So like what, you know, when everyone said to you, oh, you'll know. At what point did you, I you know your contract was up, but if it hadn't been for that, like, what were the other things outside? Like, you'll just oh, yeah. know, like, what were the indicators for you? Oh,
0: man. Right. Um, we had, and it actually ended up falling through, we had a really big contract that we were redlining back and forth, ready to sign. And it was like, (laughs) okay, we need to go jump in with both feet, you know, hit the ground running as soon as this was ready. And that was part of it where it was like, we had enough of a runway to feel like for one, this is a workload that we can't. (laughs) half-ass, you know, it it was enough of a workload that was like, we, we have to focus on this whole time. We have to bring other people in to work on this. And then the other was it was enough money for plenty of runway and that contract fell through. Um, and so having hired, you know, three more people besides myself, um, it was like, okay, well, we got to get really serious about this and, and really ramp up sales. And, um, Yep. I I really I love to hear that you're doing this program for kind of pre-pipeline because I know personally I felt like we needed so much guidance and at that time I really was like, well, I'm not an yeah. entrepreneur. I mean, we started this thing, but I I really didn't feel like I belonged in the entrepreneur space. I I didn't feel like that was my label because I was like, well, I'm what, what have right. I done? That's really that. Successful or serious anybody could have done what I'd, I've done, but but I had so many questions, especially like legal questions like when how much should I be paying a, an attorney for this contract, we know we don't have that much money and if they're charging me you know $200 an hour I probably can't afford that, you know, and um, and then all, all the terms and conditions for. Um, yeah. forming a real company where you're hiring people and the hiring part there, there was so much to consider. And I felt a little bit adrift um, and a little bit overwhelmed. And I know that there were yeah. resources there, but I think the problem was I wasn't aware of the resources because I was adrift. I think, you know, maybe in rural areas and stuff, especially, or, or, or feeling yes. I, maybe females more so than males yes. feel, a little bit of that imposter syndrome where I had a hard time with the label of like, you know, entrepreneur, um, where I was like, well, anybody could have done this. I, I don't, I don't know that I belong here. And, but, but then, you know, once you start up, you realize, Oh, everybody's in that position. Everybody started something on the side while they're working on other things. And, um, everybody's had to find that balance. And I know for us, Joel specifically says having kids and doing that, it just made him a better business person because one, you have a greater responsibility, but you also have to be that much more focused. Like you said, when every second of your day has to be devoted to something um, to to get the job done, you have to really hammer down and focus. Um, So for us uh, having just a little bit of a safety net, Joel, Joel was still working at another job um, so we still had healthcare and stuff, and healthcare's probably been yeah. our biggest pain um having moved full-time into Cambrian. But um, but we still had a bit of a safety net. And I think, you know, you talk about privilege yeah. um, and stuff. I think I, I think a lot of that goes a long way having even family in the area. So we knew if I absolutely had to get to a meeting, we could, we could have someone watch the kids. If I, you know, if, if I fell really seriously sick, right. we could have help. And, Amen. And,
1: That's exactly it. And it feeling really like we could take and
0: a little bit more of a risk. You know, that is, um, I, I think a lot of that is where uh, we want our to be. privilege. And, and, you know, um, you
1: mentioned, I think, you know, kind of like this, that safety as female net founders,
0: really has to be there. And kind of kind of if it doesn't syndrome. come from your family or your um, at least or your money, it needs to come from the community this year's fellowship
1: class has six of the 13 are, are female entrepreneurs and female founders. And one of the things that you said was that you felt like, well, I'm not an entrepreneur. And I have to say, I have heard that so many times. I've never heard that from a male founder, could just be my personal experience, but I've only ever heard that from female founders where they're like, oh, I didn't even know I was an entrepreneur. And I, right? And was it just you thought, well, and, and I think it's also interesting that you mentioned Well, anyone can do this when in reality, no, they couldn't, but you feel like that you tell yourself those things like, Oh, this is everybody. It's not, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not that interesting. Mm -hmm.
0: I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm Hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the thing that's interesting. I don't think it was until even Pipeline. I mean, I was years into my company and <laughs> into Pipeline when you're saying, what was your first entrepreneur? You know, what were things that you did as a kid and stuff? And uh, several of us in our class had little businesses when we were kids. And I never even, it didn't even occur to me. I, I had, my story was that I had made, I made a lemonade stand
1: and we didn't know me. what to
0: charge. So that's always my issue is what to charge. But I said, Hey, let's say it's free, but we accept tips and then they can just give us like change. I was like, cause otherwise it's just going to be 15 cents, five cents here and there. So what ended up happening? We made a fortune. What ended up happening? Let, let that in. Okay. I bye, have, sweetie. Go, Sorry. That was my son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's also the life of a founder is having you your personal walk up during a meeting um yeah so so i we what happened <laughs> is we would sell the lemonade every single mom that pulled up to us said you poor things probably aren't making any money and they would dump their purse yep. all that loose change in the bottom of their purse they'd say here you go and give us a handful and it'd be like two and a half dollars um mm-hmm. and they kept doing it and i think in that first day we made like 30 um and, and for, for some like, from for some cheap powder water mixture. And <laughs> I talked to you know some of the other people in my class, you know, uh, Liederman, uh, you know all, well, he's a big personality, a great, great human being, sold oranges as a kid. He would buy oranges and sell them to classmates and yeah. stuff. And it, we all had these stories of, and I used to teach for, for exchange for whatever. I used to teach, you know, drawing classes when we had indoor recess, I'd say, meet me under the table and I'll, you know, you bring, bring your payment and your paper and your, you know, I, I, it's so funny to go back and kind of recognize those things. So, um, yeah, it's interesting that that happens to females more than males. It's a shame, but one of the things, whenever I talk to people, Um, And I still, I still come across, you know, I've I've been running for this company for how long we've had so many contracts with major, major companies. And I still feel like, oh, am I really in a position to
1: educate others or talk
0: about my experiences? But, but the truth is I I've learned so much from where I was, I would have loved somebody telling me some of these things. And so I kind of go from that point of view. And when I talk to, um, you know, I volunteer for some, some stuff where high schoolers are, coming up with ideas. And one of the things I always try to tell them is it is so easy to start a company. I I felt like I had to have permission, I guess. Um, I thought, you know, I I didn't, I didn't even know that that was a thing you could do. Um, I felt like that's not something I'm allowed to do because that's not my background. I'm not a business person. I'm a scientist. But here we are, we did it. And it was as easy as going to like, the Kansas secretary of state website and registering the business. And then you go from there and then you figure out, okay, what, do, what do I need for insurance? What do I need to hire people? And you just next thing, you know, you have employees and it, it's, yeah. it's, it, I say like next thing, you know, and oh my, how did we end up here and stuff? And there was a lot of work well, in there. I mean, I mean this was over you. years and a you know, lot of uh, falling and getting back up almost like that year you, of failure, say the word right? resilience like and i think that's that probably fail, the best word to describe what does that say? and it's like is resilience it's a real thing you think about it i think
1: that's probably where i had to, kids. to like all once the you have kids ups you're like because there's well, plenty of downs by sheer, sheer will of it. for you know um, like force of will like i'm going to make so it yeah, and being so being being resilient and you just giving yourself permission to try
0: whatever you have to do you
1: will make sure it's successful so it why it's a little bit of that fear of failure in some ways that heightens it because you're like, now I have people depending on me, but it also mm-hmm. makes you realize that you're, you're going to do what it takes um, yeah. to be successful. And you know, kind of along the lines of being successful. One of the things I love about your story, and I think it also aligns with being a female founder is that, yes, you know, when you look at that at, at the different ways that startups are getting their funding you know, I think that there's this idea that this textbook is you, you know, do yeah. your, your angel friends and family round, then you do a series A and a series B. And there's this path of like fundraising that if you mm-hmm. want to be a successful entrepreneur, you go through. Meanwhile, there are really amazing startups who have bootstrapped it, who have grown via revenue. And to me, I'm like, that's that there is not a right or wrong way. The textbook, series A, series B, all of that path. It's a path, but that's not the path for everyone. And I love your story because you just grew via revenue and reinvesting and reinvesting. Saying that though, that's exhausting because there is, it is always this battle of like, what have you done for me lately? Except you're saying it to yourself. It's like the next Mm -hmm. deal. And you're like, okay, well now we're reinvesting that. So what's the next deal? And then what's the next deal? So Tell about that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think the grass is always greener. And so I see people who raise, you know, fifteen million dollars, and they don't have right. a product yet. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? That's got to be luxury. You have all the space. You can hire anybody you need. I mean, that just sounds amazing. Um, but it's it's a different it's a different set of responsibilities right. and issues. And for right. for me, um, when I look at fundraising, um, you know, and and getting an investor, I see it as I'm taking out a loan or a debt that I have to repay. And I have to repay it, you know, tenfold or fivefold or or whatever their expectations are. Um, And I see it that way for us too. Um, You know, essentially all the money that the company is making goes, all the revenue that the company is making goes into the company. So if we have this great you know, contract and this big boost of money, we can finally hire that person to build this thing that much faster that gets us from A to B that much faster. And, and that's how we've always been, um, which helps us move forward. And then of course, as the leader of the company, you have to see that runway and say, okay, if we get A to B, what does our revenue need to be? What is, uh, how many sales does that mean per month? And, you know, realistically, how do we, how do we hit those numbers? Because like you said, I mean, it's not just my family, uh, I I'm responsible for my contractors and my employees and stuff, you know, I, I got to earn that money because I have to pay them too. Um, so bootstrapping has been very interesting. Um, it Double-time is very, because like you said, um, there are times when things get thin and hours need to be cut back. And that's probably the time when you could use extra help the most um and right. so we're having to to do it you know ourselves as as the business owners um but the balance for me since we've started with a product and we already have customers and their sales happening every day do i take the time because it does take a lot of time and a lot of work well, to put up. Yeah, put, and you're so far ahead, it, exactly. ahead of the game. And so do I take as we that start time to kind of away from my company down on time? One of the, things the sales that, to do the fundraising? so I'm reading this quote, and then do I, I want to get put into like the what autonomous I've been successful driving piece with, of what you're doing, to sales. But
1: and just earn the money way. Um, I read that this way. quote that basically um, without giving up equity and like, so first far that's are
0: been what we're doing like 8 to 10 um, years ahead of boy, everyone I would, else. I would, I would love totally to you. Be able I mean like both, there weren't even I like I just haven't been able to. Apps, I mean I remember back um, when you're talking about like, people were like the time wait, are people going to well. go mobile web or
1: apps? I mean um, no one even knew what was going to happen with mobile web or apps and now it's like so obvious that back then people didn't even know if there were going to be apps or mobile web. And so you know when you think about that you were so far ahead Far ahead of things, which, yeah, yeah. you know, for those who are listening, when you're thinking about your phone, there are certain, like within the phone, like an iPhone or an Android, yeah. there are features that when you go to certain yes. websites, you can see like, oh, I can see what my, you know, chair is going to look like in this room. What Heather's doing with Cambrian is different than that. So that's a very like simple kind of built in right. tool that's in your phone. So
0: mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. And and yeah. And talking about like uh, seeing something in a space, we I mean we, if anything, Joel, my you know husband, my co-founder, he can yeah. see technology trends like you said about eight years ahead of time, five to eight years ahead of time. He knows where it's going. He's always known that. Um, and, well, so and that segues into kind of thinking that, about
1: computer vision. So tell me about so I know your story phones, because of pipeline. Like,
0: they but they're gonna do this because they need how you to. We need to focus on the segmentation, the realism. <laughs> and so, you know, we had a basic feature tracker, worked pretty well, but we put our focus elsewhere and it paid off for us because now it's released and we don't end up using theirs anyway. But um, but you're absolutely right. And what we do is completely different than just Putting a chair in a space, which is what anybody could do. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, um, it's it's kind of a small a small community within you know computer vision and and uh, you know having kind of new cutting-edge technology, we were, we were approached by somebody that had worked with Joel at iVerify. Um, and he was at a company, and they were needing to hire computer vision experts to do um, basically camera position, where's a camera position. Um, I can't talk yeah. too much about the project or who it's for, but it's for a major car company. And they're doing incredibly cool, I can't wait for it, incredibly cool technology. And we are just, you know, because you're defining different, different points. Like,
1: how do I tell but if this is a car stop? They approached something us with a problem like and we
0: were, you know, working through trying to figure out what right? the problem is and, you know, how might we solve this? And, and I, we're looking at research papers that were literally public, you know, we're looking at papers published in computer vision by top universities like that month. How are they solving these things? And how are we solving this? How would we approach this? And we kind of discussed a solution and we're like, that's almost exactly how, what we're already doing inside the house. You know, that's almost exactly it. And so, yeah, I mean, when we have to know, yeah. So if you're, if I'm looking into a room and I, you know, I take a photo of a room or something, or I'm looking into it, I have to know how, how high, if, if I'm putting a tile in and I need to know, what size to make that tile and how to tilt you know pitch roll and angle of the room or else it's going to look like it's veering off and it's going to look fake you know so i have to know where that normal plane is uh on the ground i have to know how high i am from it to get the scale correct i have to identify what's in the room and what's floor and what isn't um it was very similar to what we were doing so i talked it over with the team and said would you be interested in this project or not and the team was like, super excited about this project. And it was, it was basically a way to get funded for the technology we're already using and already have built.
1: I love that. Um, and what a so, great I mean, way to like our knowledge and, and talking about computer in, vision, which is like we started um, with
0: and way a lot back of the, when when they were just like we didn't we know what we were going we to do with hats and colors to floors and now it's autonomous project, driving and we're able I to like fly it
1: now into the home. you have
0: and so when people are like, oh, you you totally pivoted, you changed, and it's like no, it's the it's honestly it's the exact same thing that we're doing. It's just inside versus outside, really. And it was a really cool experience for the team, and uh, yeah, we learned a lot from it. And it, you know, paid pretty well. So, so it was like a win-win for us. Yeah, it's, cool. and it was it was interesting <laughs> because we've learned they had hired. Other teams to try and do this and unfailed. And it kind of makes us feel like, wow, we're really yes. one of the top people <laughs> at this. and and it you know, we kind of have you say it out loud, and it's like, wow, we're you know, we're just this this small company in Kansas City, you know, that started from kind of this yeah. idea of what might be cool. And we had this i this vision of changing the future and really pushing humans ahead technologically and what we want our future to look like. and and then to kind of take a step back and look at it, and it's like, wow, we're actually we're kind of doing that. <laughs> and I love. That. And then I wanted to say really quick, I, I get asked love about that. I didn't actually Cambrian. know that story, so, so I love that. I'm glad that as you're transitioning, well, so like dull. you went from when um, you started like i a nerd, and now you're like, um, we, you know, I feel like you're having that kind of same. Talked of about like the are like Oh wait, when yeah, our technology is cutting-edge. That is like these single organisms to complex, the most bizarre living creatures. It was like, like your, life was just throwing everything just experimenting, again and that's when you, you know, things like vision, the space that you're uh, came into existence, how you during the Cambrian explosion, and so we thought, universe. wow, that really would do what we're trying to build justice. Um, and so that's where the name Cambrian
1: came
0: from. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah.
1: Well, I know that I'm going to be staying tuned for what's coming next from you yeah. guys. And I can't wait to see, especially when you say well, and, there's exciting And things
0: to look coming back and be like, you I, mean, know, I think it already is. So I can't wait to see contracts. what all those nobody else are. led this team. We did it. <laughs> you know, I did it. And um and I and just you kind thank of you have so to my for yourself being
1: on this episode that, of the Started you know, And you you also, do all I these would incredible be completely remiss if I did not thank Startup Hustle for look where, look welcoming Pipeline and, Entrepreneurs and, and, and letting us take over Startup Hustle. An incredible week. transition! We have absolutely too. loved like the said, opportunity to spotlight uh, some of our former cool and fellows and look forward to like, welcoming next year's class to the Pipeline family. Next, you know? so be sure <laughs> that you check out our fellowship program by visiting us at PipelineEntrepreneurs.com. Heather, thank you so much for being on here. We will be we will be following your success.
0: So cool, I can't wait till I can talk about it.
1: Remiss if I did not thank Startup Hustle for welcoming Pipeline Entrepreneurs and letting us take over Startup Hustle this week. We have absolutely loved the opportunity to spotlight some of our former fellows and look forward to welcoming next year's class to the Pipeline family. So be sure that you check out our fellowship program by visiting us at pipelineentrepreneurs.com. Heather, thank you so much for being on here. We will be, thank you so much. we be following your success. Thank you.